I'm Jules. I'm Jason. And we doing filmographies. Welcome back. Welcome back, y'all. Today we're doing 1983's Christine. Yeah. A John Carpenter film. A megalith blockbuster. Did this kill it? No, I don't think it did. I think it was probably just like most John Carpenter movies. Just there. It's a bummer. <laughs> That's uh, how you describe him. He's made a lot of really good movies. He has. I don't think any of them were like Halloween. monster hits. Halloween. I mean, that's got legs, but it wasn't like... I think Halloween was a huge hit. Was it? Yeah. I refuse to believe that. I'm pretty sure Halloween was a huge hit. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, a lot of them just did shit at the box office. Mm-hmm. Everybody hated the thing. Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, people, that did not do well. I love that movie. I do not even like that movie. I love that. I turned that shit off about 45 minutes in. I liked it when I was a kid. But, I, you know, I just watched this movie less than a year ago. You did. You guys were ranting and raving. Because <sighs> I was watching all the John Carpenter movies. Because yep. blank check, we're doing John Carpenter. And I was like, for once, I'm going to play along and watch the movie before I listen to the episode. Mm-hmm. Which never happens. I did that while watching James Bonding. Oh, with Matt Gorley. Yeah, and, uh, and the other Matt. Matt Matt Mira? Matt Mira. Okay. I, I don't like James Bond one bit. I, well, I, you know, I don't either. Okay. To be honest. I, I like their chemistry. Matt um, Gorley's fantastic. And I thought, hey, why not? They're doing it. I'll do it. And it was an interesting premise where they started at the beginning and then the end and then the second and then the second to the end movie. And right. they kind of met in the middle of the movies, I believe. I like that. Yeah, it was interesting. You should listen to it with Gorley and Rust. The, they do mostly slasher movies and horror movies. Maybe I will. It's great. That's blank check in that. That's, that's why this exists. Hey man, Jules, please watch the movie. Talk about the movies. <laughs> uh, I need something to do. Yeah. So Christine. Christine. I haven't seen this. I hadn't seen this since I was like a wee lad. I realized, I feel like I say this on every episode. I believe this is why I like Keith Gordon. I had a flashback, like, talking about this movie to Jennifer, where I remembered myself at 7, 8, or 9, sneaking downstairs in Duluth, while everybody else is asleep, and watching TV, and this was on. Mm. And I think I got it mixed up with Carrie, because of the bad guy with the long hair kind of looks like Travolta. Oh, right. Yeah. But, but I think I saw basically from the car destruction to Keith being, you know, brokenhearted and the car bringing itself back to life in mm-hmm. front of him. I think that weird mystical angle and like his heartfelt performance during that, I think for some reason that, that keyed me into him. Whereas like this guy seems like a nice guy. I don't know. For some reason, he's a very young child that clicked with me watching a horror movie by myself little night. I thought there'd be a lot more murder. It gets there. Yeah. It gets there, but it, well, okay. So why, why don't you kick us off with the synopsis? All right. Based on a Stephen King book, which is somewhat, I think, mostly similar to this. They consolidate some characters, cut a bunch of scenes, because, you know, it's a junk. Mm-hmm. A nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own, and his nature starts to change to reflect it. That's it. Yeah. Cool. And then the opening of this movie is the assembly line creation of Christine in 1957. It's the golden era of America, man. Sure. Back when America was great. And what... 
they were trying to make it when they were trying to make it great again. But it wasn't great. They just had some money <laughs> after the Oh, it was terrible. War. Racism, sexism, domestic abuse, all sorts. But you you could, if you were white, you could leave the American dream. You, you, you could work in huh. a house and have cars right. and go on vacations. Yeah, yeah. Or you could live in a trailer park in Corpus Christi. It's a ton of stuff. That was the 80s, though. True. Uh, this movie then jumps. So they're on the 50s and they're making cars. And this is not from the book. This is something John Carpenter added in to okay. across the nature of the beast right away. I kind of marveled at the idea that at one point, even though it was still an assembly line, each of these vehicles were being made by like people, which struck me as like, ah, oh, shucks, Barney, you know. And, and so, yeah, like a guy, what does he do? He like looks under the hood or something? He, he, he opens up the hood, is, is looking in there, he puts his hand in. I think he's looking under the car. He puts his hand, yeah, to brace himself. Yeah. And it slams shut. On his hand. It's his hand up real good. Real good. Enough where they got to get him out of there. Although, they wrapped his hand up pretty good with bandages right then in there. Yeah. So I, it must have been quite mangled. I would assume. And then, for some reason... They're like, it's closing time. Well, before closing time, one of the guys goes in there with a cigar. Oh, and yeah. He's checking out the car. And the radio comes on? Ashes, yep. The ashes on the seat, which there's still a protective cover on there. Yeah. But you just disrespected Christine. Mm-hmm. And kills him. Off camera? Yeah, I'm like, did it turn out to eat? Did attack? Yeah, I don't know. But then, yeah, the other guy finds him after everybody else leaves. He's looking around for the guy. Somehow he misses. One of, one of his guys is missing, and he notices. Mm-hmm. And opens up the door and he falls right out. Oh, he hears no, no, the radio. No. Opens the yes. Door the yeah, he's walking the line. Uh, hears the radio and the guy falls out. Shit. And he reminds me of um, the landlord from uh, Coming to America because he also uh, has a fucking cigar that he's chomping on. You'll know him when I show it to you, and you're gonna feel so stupid. You're gonna feel so silly. Oh, great, they don't show him. How could you not show the fucking landlord? That guy, Frankie Faison. Oh, sure. Yeah, he was in uh, Banshee. Uh, oh, yeah. Bob is Sugar. Sugar on Banshee. Oh, good for him. So then it jumps to 1978, and we meet Keith Gordon. Getting his lunch. His mom lets him know. Is this right then? Or? It is. He's his friend shows up. His cool friend. He's super cool. I like this guy a lot. I do, too. I think he's the best part of the movie. I Yes, he's got a, almost like a Mark Hamill thing going on. Very weird eyes. Yeah. So he pulls up in his bitchin' Stang? Is it a Stang? I don't know. It's a car. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, hey, where's your, where's, where's Keith? And she goes, hey, Keith, you know, my future husband's here. Come go to school. <laughs> so he, he runs out and he's bringing out the trash. I'll be right there. And the bag just splits. Um, just leave it. It's okay. Okay. So here's something I would love to know. His nerd costume is so bad. Yeah. And is it so bad because we're 40 years removed from this trope? Right. And we've already had Revenge of the Nerds. And Huge glasses. And eventually with some tape in the middle. Yeah. Uh, big hair that he is kind of greased into a do. It, his clothes don't fit. Like, if he's wearing hand-me-downs, it looks like they're a little bit baggy, like he gets them from his dad. Yeah, I wonder on the episode of The Simpsons where we meet Arnie, Marge's ex from high school who comes turns out to be like a big rich guy voiced by uh john lovett he's like a spitting image of keith gordon in this movie and i'm wondering if they didn't fashion him after him certainly could be uh because yeah it is it's like yeah the hair is slick so back, over the top like a real jerry seinfeld mullet 
kind of thing going on in the back. He might as well have a pocket protector. It's pretty stupid. So the bag rips open and it's just garbage, like gross garbage. She's like, oh, this, this arty, everything touches, just turns to shit. So the mom's like, leave it. I'll take care of it. And he does. Like, dude, it's your mom. Clean up your fucking putrid lips. Then she makes that there's yogurt and milk in his lunch. Try and keep it cold. There's yogurt in there. So dairy for arty. <laughs> he gets into the car. They drive to school. They have some friendly banter about, oh, he goes. Now that we're going to be seniors, I figured it's about time that we uh, got you late. Is it Artie or Arnie? Arnie. Arnold is his name, so it must be Arnie. Oh, and then from The Simpsons, his name is Arnie. So that, that probably is. And he goes, look, I can get you some pussy. He goes, oh, shucks. Ain't no pussy for me, right? Like he can't get a girl or something, he says. Maybe I'll just beat off. Whatever. They get to school. And it's a whole fucking business with him not being able to open up his locker. His uh, his cool friend, another dorky guy comes over there that's like friends with him. A real creep. He looks like he's about 30. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With he's like a Sam Rockwell type. Yeah. yeah. Very old looking. He looks like Maynard from Tool a little bit. And then Arnie, Arnie like tries to joke along with him and he's mm-hmm. like man shut the fuck up nerd yeah like, cunningham hey. arnold cunningham update cunningham because they call him cuntingham later and then that blonde shows up mm-hmm. who's kind of a little bit in the movie she's cute you assume she's going to be dating um charming charming friend yeah and and then, and then the the creep friend he's like i just saw the hottest babe right like he's but like she's got the body of a slut <laughs> right and then he goes oh shit here she comes and we see her and she's, in my opinion, far from the hottest girl in the school. The you blonde, blonde more. Far more. Yeah. If they would have swapped that and she was the doting, fawning wallflower, I would have bought that. She's so cute. She's okay. She's got a weird nose. She's got a Michael Jackson nose. Interesting. I, yeah, I would say the nose is the thing. Are we not supposed to do this on here? I thought we weren't going to. That's right. We're not judging people. Yeah. I mean, we're judging everyone. Why you like us? <laughs> I'm... Well, because Callie was watching it with me. She said the same thing. She's like, her? And she's dressed like real prim and proper. So I'm like, where's the body of a slut? Yeah. And this is kid talking about. That guy sucks. And she doesn't give him the time of day. She just walks by or whatever. No. Yeah. Are we in the library next? I think so. No. I, I th- isn't that, that's after the, the knifing. Yeah. Eventually he's like, where's Keith? And the guy's like, oh shit, he's in shop class. And so the cool friend goes to shop class. And but fucking, they say he's in danger. Buddy Rapperton has his lunch. He's in danger, danger I think. With yeah. that guy. It's, it's, and it, so he walks, the cool friend walks in, and immediately some guy sidles up behind him. Rapperton, that's the name of the bad guy. And he is 40. A real John Travolta type. He looks like he's 40. You can tell this was his vehicle to break out. He's good. In his mind. I, I actually, I think he's really good in this. He's great. He's fucking menacing as shit. He is. I'll fix you. You're going to wish you were never fucking born. I mean, he's got a switch. I thought he was going to beat up that teacher. You mean I don't have the authority? You're wrong. If you mean I can't turn out your pockets. Yeah, try it, you little bald fucking. I'll knock you through the wall. I, it, I thought the teacher was going to beat him up. Shut up, cunt face. Hey, you want to shut your mouth? I don't have to listen to garbage like that coming from you, buddy. Man, the teacher looked like he overstepped the line hardcore. Oh, oh yeah. He kicked out of he, well, You can't shake a fucking student. <laughs> Especially not a giant hulking musclehead student. And it's got the chubby guy. I, I believe he was in Midnight Madness um, and possibly Stripes or something. The dorky, chubby friend of John Travolta. Okay. Who grabbed... So th- <laughs> So they got Keith's lunch and they're playing keep away or whatever. Yeah. And the friend's like, man, just grab it, Keith. And the guy's like, yeah, grab it, Keith. Come on. 
You want to go for it? And busts out the switchblade. And stabs it. And it just starts oozing. Milk and yogurt mm-hmm. start pouring out the bottom. It's disgusting. Super gross. The friend's like, ah, I'll fight you. And he's like, you got a knife and he does it. In my book, that makes you a chicken shit. Keith makes a move. He slips on the yogurt and falls. And the chubby friend of John Travolta grabs the cool friend, reaches around, and starts squeezing his nuts. Yeah, hard. <laughs> I think I had a bad dream about somebody squeezing my nuts from watching this movie. That's your move. That's your signature yeah. move. You just go right for the nuts and squeeze at them. How do you like that? Dick face. So he falls. My fingers right up your asshole and wiggle them around till you come. Give me the Dane Cook. Yeah. Uh, so the teacher comes in and he's like, everybody clear out. Except for you, Rapperton. Not you, Mujink. Come on, Mr. Casey, I ain't been doing nothing. Yeah, you guys get, hey, Cuntington started it. And he goes, you got a knife? Huh? No, I swear to God, I don't have a knife. He's lying. And then he reveals the knife and throws it on the ground and go to the principal's office. And he's like, I'm out of here. And I think they get expelled. I would hope so. They're like, the fat kid, uh, the chubby guy, he got detention or something but i think they bounced john travolta so then we're in the library and um what appears to be according to everybody the hottest girl in school yep. is there so he the cool friend uh walks by her slowly and goes and picks a random book from the bookshelf like mm-hmm. yeah i read it's well, like we, this random out. we see the cute blonde again she thinks he's coming over to her and nope he just boom and yeah grabs some book and then sits down at Whatever her name is, I don't even remember. Wait, has Keith bought the car yet? No. Okay. It's probably immediately after this. Yeah. So he's like, hey, are you like dancing? And she's like, yeah, you know, I love it. I do it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I was just doing it a few minutes ago. And he goes, well, why don't we go out dancing? And she's like, oh, I can't. And he really gets like an asshole. Why not? And the librarian calls him out. Hey, go back to your the table right and the blonde turns around and she's just crushed seeing this then after school he's giving keith a ride home and uh he's got his glasses taped up because john travolta stepped on him although i thought he crushed them yeah but apparently they're just fine they just broke in the middle and and they're missing one of the the end of the prongs what do you call that whatever sits on your ear temple or arm and then he goes stop the car stop the car and he's like what What'd you see? <laughs> and he goes, back up to that car. I'm going to buy it. And he walks up to it. There's like bird nests, grill. <laughs> yeah. The doors are all open for whatever reason. Yeah. Like they don't car. close, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's like jacked up. This car is fucked. The windshield is filthy. And, and it's on the, the property of an old man who Who's, comes out in a straitjacket. It's a back brace. Okay. And it's the old man from Home Alone. Name's George Lubin. A couple of years before he's in Home Alone. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. And he starts calling them shitters. You don't know half as much as you think you do. Shitter. <laughs> is that what does the old man say at first? Uh, he's like, yeah, he's the first one to say shitters in the movie. That's so fucking, that's a weird term. I, I, <laughs> I think it's a Christine exclusive. I think Stephen King is trying to let us know people called everybody shitters back in the 50s and 70s. I don't think so. I don't I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't think shitter. anybody's ever called anybody a shitter. No, I've never heard that. He's about it, though. The old man's a creep. She had the smell of a brand new car. That's just about the finest smell in the world. Except maybe for pussy. Keith Gordon is enamored with this car. Like, it's the most beautiful, amazing thing he's seen in the world. He says all the wrong words like... I'll pay you whatever you want for it. Whatever it is, it's not enough. That guy's like, this used to be my brother's car, but, uh, yeah. Your brother loves this car so much, 
Why is he selling it? He, he did. He did. He's stone cold dead, that's why. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, but he did. What do you think it was? Because you're, you're under the impression he's never seen this car before. He barely caught a glimpse of it as they drove by. It's like through a clearing on the other side of like a, you know, a little forest off the side of the road area. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no indication of what it is. It's mostly power, man. Drown him in. I guess, but it kind of would have helped if there was some effect. <gasps> something. Or we see it from his perspective. Something. I don't know. So the guy's like, I've been asking 300. But I'll give it to you for 250. About this thing, I bet this thing doesn't even drive. Oh, oh, it'll start. Oh, and it does. Immaculate. Her name's Christine. I like that. How would this thing start? No idea. And He's putting gas in this thing. It's been sitting there for 20 years. So Keith's rolling around with a checkbook. Yeah. And he goes, how much did you say it was? 300 Yeah, that's it. No, you said 250 250 would do it. Yep, sure. Right. And it's like, dude, okay. He just wants to get it out of there. He does. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean... A, it's an evil haunt. Did, did we know how long it's been sitting there? Well, I mean, it looks like it's been there for 20 years. Because didn't he say his... brother's been dead for that long. I thought he said he killed himself in, like, the 50s or something. Died six weeks ago. Oh, really? Well, I mean, the car was made in 57. And I'm thinking, like, oh, was his brother one of the dudes from the the shop? No, in the... he, But, nah, that, like, car destroyed his life and swallowed him up. It's unclear... It must have taken some time. Why, if it is sentient... Why it's not, and just sitting there getting birds' nests and aging. I mean, I don't think it's a Stephen King thing. You'll never find out. I, I, it's, I'm as clear. I think in the book it might be haunted by the past owners, but the statement in this is that it's just born bad and it has its own evil power for no reason. Because the old man knows its name is Christine. Like, is it introducing itself? Well, no, I think he calls it, he must have called it Christine in front of Keith, I would think. <laughs> He did, but I mean, like, where, where does, well, I'm assuming his brother, but where the fuck does he, is it in the manual? <laughs> well, I think it's named the cars, right? I guess. Anyway, yeah, so he drives it home, and his parents are like, his mom is a total asshole. She kind of reminds me of Diane West in, Weast? Weast in, uh, uh, Lost Boys. Okay. She's got that. I think she's actually kind of a good looking mom. Weast or this lady? This lady. That's just better looking than that brunette. So Johnny, whatever the friend's name is, Dennis, he's just pouring himself a glass of milk. Yeah. And they're like, God damn it, Keith, why are you bringing home a car? You're not even old enough to have it. I mean, everything in this house is a committee meeting. And if it's something I want, then I get outvoted two to one. Or whatever. And you can't have it in the driveway. You are not keeping any car at this house. And he's just like, okay, that's it. I'm getting the fuck out of here. What did you say? (laughs) Yeah. And he storms off. I think it, I think he's almost graduating from high school. I think he's yeah. almost in the I think he says, 17 years you've been riding me or whatever. You wanted me in college courses? I'm there. You wanted me in the chess club instead of in the band? Okay, I'm there too. Now, I've managed to get through 17 years without embarrassing you in front of your bridge club or landing in jail. Now, I'm telling you, I'm going to have this. This, this one, one thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's fair. He, yeah, his parents are assholes to him constantly. I mean, it's weird because at first it seems like she's a... But a nice mom. Yeah, in like scene one. And now it's like she's not. No, I think. Is that his biological dad? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was like a stepdad or something. No. Which is why he's not cool with them. But so he storms out of the house, gets into the car, and drives to a garage where. Robert Prosky. Great Robert Prosky. I knew a guy had a car like that once. 
fucking bastard killed himself in it. This old crotchety dude that lets you store your car and work on it. Apparently, it seems like that was a thing. First off, the car is smoking far too much. And it's coming out of the, the trunk of the car. <laughs> That's where they put the way, smoke. You're driving around with it. Yeah, like, okay. And the guy's like, you don't drive in here without an exhaust manifold or some shit on there again, motherfucker. That's the last time you run that mechanical asshole in here without an exhaust hose. I catch you doing it one time and you're out. You understand? I'm chewing this cigar. I like him. Man, I, I like this guy a lot. I think he's great. But as soon as he pops into the movie, because at this point, the movie is not great. No, it's... I was pretty riveted when I watched it like nine months ago, but mm-hmm. having just, you know, seen it recently, this movie does not pick up until the murders begin. Yeah, until Keith kind of fucking becomes a Sith Lord. So he's like, ah, put it in stall 20. You know, don't fuck around or I'll bounce you. I don't take any shit from you kids. Blah, blah, blah. I'm smoking in here. Yeah, I know. I'm smoking. Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to help your buddy right out of here, Chuck. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the hell out of here. We're closed. And so they leave. And Keith kind of just keeps going back to work on his car. Yeah. And they're insanely impressed. I mean, we only really see, like, one scene where he's working on his car, I think. Like, it comes back and the car has been worked on some. They they give you month cards to let you know. They do. Happen. I thought that was very helpful, but weird. Well, because it's like within a year, this is all happening. Maybe his senior year. I guess they were probably like, none of this movie really makes sense. We should <laughs> put a timeline in there. So, and the guy is taking a shine to him. You know, he's still a prick, but he's like, hey, maybe you can do some things around here. And Because he's used so many of the parts from around the junkyard. Right. And made the car look so nice, almost brand new, that he's like, I'm not getting enough money out of this. Because mm-hmm. there's another old man who's even like, I mean, he's got good hands. So you could tell that he's taking a shining to him. He's kind of trying to bring him under his wing. He's probably going to leave him the place. When he dies. Yeah, that's sweet. You know, Keith's but like, okay. I'll... Keith's looking good now, though. Keith no longer wears glasses. He doesn't look as stupid. I mean, it's very sudden. All of a sudden, he's not wearing glasses. Well, it's because he's been in close proximity to the ghostly Christine that has been repairing him. Or he repairs I, her. We don't be any of that. He uh, gets the car running, and he's wearing, like, this fucking red corduroy jacket. Cool guy, cool. <laughs> and he pulls up to the football game and he's with the hottest girl in school. Yep. Where is this part of the movie? We never see him changing, getting up confidence. I don't think we needed it. It's because we see more of the cool friend than we do Keith. Yeah. And it's just there. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't know. So cool guy gets fucking hammered. In the football game. Yeah, he sees uh, Arnie and the, the hottest girl making out. Yeah, while he's and running for a pass. He gets tackled so hard. Jumps in the air to catch it, and a guy just clips his leg, and he spins. Now he's in the hospital. Yeah, and it's weird, because he goes, doctor said one millimeter more. I would have been paralyzed from the waist down. One millimeter more of what? The tackle? <laughs> that doctor needs to be fired. A bit of the more specificity, sir. But Keith's already on the dark side. He comes to visit him in the hospital. Yep. He's a little more aloof. Mm -hmm. A little cooler. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. He's popped his collar. He's gelled his hair. He's got a real fuck you attitude. He does. He's taking no shit. Yeah. Then the kids, the tough guys, go to the garage. 
Yeah, it seems to be inspired by seeing him at the football game with the nice car. Exactly. And they sneak in as... Uh, as Keith is leaving, he pulls in, they run in and hide. Yep, and then as Keith comes out, he's got the hugest remote control for the garage door. Yeah. And so, you know, John Travolta really has his moment here. He jumps on the car, and they, they just... They the fuck out of this car. They do. They have like 21 or 22 of these, I think. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because I, you know, I've heard as I as I've told you, I've heard several Christine podcasts. That's true. Yeah, the blank check one, and then with Gorley and Russ did one too. Yeah, so I've got half remembered facts from both of those podcasts. Okay, so yeah, they take a shit on the dashboard. Apparently, yep. One of them took a shit on the dashboard of my car, Ma. I mean, they are cutting the seats up on the inside, mm-hmm. cutting out the horn, smashing in the hood, everything, and the like radio basically shredded in half. The radio comes on again with keep. Keep on knocking and you, you can't come in. Wait, is this after the drive-in? No. That's later. Well, it must be later because you don't know they're together until they kiss the football game, right? I think they go to the drive-in movie. He's putting the moves on her and she runs out of the car in the rain and he goes after her like, what's wrong, baby? She's like, you care more about that car than you care about me. And he goes, no, it's cool, girl. Come on. They do because they talk about how well, they haven't seen him in a long time because he's just always working on that car. They say that. Man, I think this movie does a pretty excellent job, even though it's boring this time around. You, you forget they, you're watching a horror movie. You're just watching this uh, high school friends movie for quite a while. It's almost, yeah, it's almost like two friends going their different ways, trying to reconcile. But so they go back to the car, um, and there's a look, looky-loo right next to him the whole time. And yeah. She gets into the car to eat her hamburger, and Keith isn't in the car at this point. Yeah, what does he go to do? Oh, the windshield wiper breaks. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. So he gets out. Fuck. Christine lures him out of the car. He shit her. Locks the doors. Turns on the radio, and she starts choking on a, the burger for unknown reasons. Lights that don't exist fill up the car with light. What the hell is... He put floodlights in the car? I mean... That's the ghost. That's the monster of the car. It's no lights in the interior. It's the only time anything supernatural happens other than the vehicle being sentient, and it makes no sense. And she's choking on the burger. Like, did did the car poison the burger? Yeah, I'm not really... I don't really know how it works. Is it a car burger? Well, what? No, I mean... Yeah. So he's like, he can't get in, and then eventually the guy who's peeping on them, he opens up the door, and Keith's like, get your hands off of her, man! Like he's Marty McFly, and, uh, or rather, Dan McFly? So are you saying this takes place, George McFly? George. This takes place right after the football game? I'm thinking. Okay. Because I remember when they go back to the car and find it destroyed, she doesn't want to go inside, because she's like, the car tried to kill me. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though he, yeah, he takes her home then. A guy gives her a Heimlich, saves her life. I could have done the Heimlich maneuver. But you didn't. Takes her home, and they're on the porch, and he's like, I think you're just sexually frustrated. I'm evil Keith now, right? And she's like, I don't think we should be together. And there's a little bit of a scuffle. Goddamn car! And she ends up on the porch, like down, falling or something. And the light comes on inside, from out, outside, from inside. Like, one of the parents is like, all right, kids, break it up. Mm-hmm. That's your reaction? <laughs> you hear evil Keith fucking digging into your kid, and there's a scuffle, and you just turn on the lights. That's enough. So she goes inside, and he's just like, god damn it. I gotta go do some bad stuff. And he takes her to the garage, and that's when the kids go in and fuck it up. Why she doesn't defend herself? When Keith 
freaks out. When they're smashing the car. Oh, why doesn't Christine? I don't know, man. Maybe it's part of Christine's whole move. Like, Maybe. Let me be destroyed. It'll strengthen my bond with Keith. So Keith goes back. The girlfriend's with him. They see the, the car, and he's like, Don't touch me, sinner! Oh, this is just me. Get away from her! Get away from her! And I think he's like, I'm just going to fix her. And that's when the car fixes itself. He says, I'm going to bring you back. Not if we work together. Yeah. I got you, baby. Something and like that. Something happens. And he goes, We'll show those shitters what we can do. Turns on the lights and the radio. And he's standing back there and he says, Okay. Show me. And then it just, I, I liked that scene where it was fixing itself. Yeah. I mean, it's headlights. He, Carpenter does the headlight flare thing. They must have had something inside pulling the body in. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like, yeah, it's a reverse shot. It's a reverse shot. Hydraulics to suction pieces in. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's really good. And then it's fixed. And then we jump to the chubby friend, the nut grabber. Yeah, he's just walking around. No, he's a tra- a trailerless semi pulls up under an underpass in the middle of nowhere and drops him off. What's he been doing? <laughs> Grabbing nuts, I'm assuming. Oh, wow, I never even thought about that. It's yeah, because so, he's walking, and then like under the underpass, Christine starts up, and he's like, "Is that you, Cuntington?" and Starts to give chase. And he, I mean, he's running over, jumping over fences. There's like nothing around. This shit is great. I think this is really when the movie takes off, man. This is like, well, it was some good horror pursuit, the isolation, the darkness of everything. It's, it's brilliant because we know the car can fix itself. So when it's destroying itself to get to this guy, it's like, oh shit, like this car can't be stopped. It gets into like a, like a, 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 a dock unloading area that's very enclosed. Oddly enough, it must be wide enough for a truck, but not wide enough for the car. And it just smashes its way. In and yeah, just like sawing off Penzo and six six inches on each side of it, forcing itself through to get him, and just crushes him. I guess. And I hear that he had to yeah, scrape up his legs with a shovel. Shitter. Well, isn't that what you're supposed to do with shit? Scrape it up with a little shovel. Now here's my question: Is Keith in the car? He's not. No. Ever. No. Keith's never the one. He's never. But he's cool with it. I don't think because he goes to visit the friend and he brings him beer. Because it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And he goes, oh, man, did you hear about that guy who grabbed my nuts? And he's like, yeah, bro. Like, he got what he deserved or whatever. Almost makes you feel kind of sorry for the little bastard, huh? And his friend's like, I don't think it's cool to be talking like that. Yeah. I wonder, I, I have the book upstairs. I haven't touched it. I've been curious about it. Though. You should go grab it and read it aloud. Yeah. <laughs> Approximately 10 hours later. I wonder, because, I mean, the impression that I get from Keith is that he is not acknowledging that it's obviously the car killing these people. He's happy. That it's happening, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's letting himself believe that Christine's behind it. I mean, does Christine have a garage door opener? Oh, we get back and forth out of there, huh? Oh. 
Because it question. does pull in after hours, yeah. After it's on fire. Well, that's that one's great. We yeah. dispatch with three shitters in one adventure. So, I mean, nothing much is really happening. The kid's still in the hospital. Keith comes to visit him, pretty much blows him off. I got places to be. Yeah. Here's some beer, you fucko. I don't think he's with the girl at this point. She's worried about him. So then it jumps pretty much to John Travolta. And his other buddy. And the other guy are driving around the hair hair guy. Drinking. And all of a sudden. Somebody's followed him. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and he turns around and he like gives him the finger. Like, hey, John Travolta, did you see me? Did you see me? I'm tough like two. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's like smokes and road, road beer, man. Be quick. And then what is he? They park at the gas station that their friend works at. The gas station yep. slash mechanics place. Yep, they come peeling in and they're like. Some shit is following me. And Christine just comes ripping in. And smashes. He bones the shit out of his car, yeah. He no longer has a car. And, and is backing up and like dragging it. It's so fucking. Yeah, it's hooked up. Yeah, and then it keeps going back once it breaks free, plows right into it again, goes into the garage, and I think pins is the fucking flock of seagull looking mm-hmm. goofball. He looks like the the dirty younger family member from the burb, the burbs. Yeah, it's not him, but that guy. yeah. Hey, Pinocchio, where are you going? And then the place just explodes. Oh, yeah, because all that liquid space, that, gas. It must think. kill the other friends. Yeah, he gets blown up. Yeah, they yeah. So then Travolta is just like, oh, fuck. And, dude, okay, so there's a service station there. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling this is still kind of part of the city. And then Travolta's moving Outskirts. to run farther into the nothingness <laughs> on the road. Yeah, so it uh, it pulls out of the, the explosion, and it's just on fire. Drives through the gas pumps. And now Travolta, this was a really well done scene. He's just farming police. Running. It, it, yeah, it is. And they're playing that song, oddly enough. <laughs> Time Traveler. No, I think they probably have a wonderful Carpenter synth score. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And Carpenter does the score, of course. Very low-key and quiet. You mm-hmm. alternate between looking at the guy running through Christine, right? Through a windshield. I think, yeah. You're in front of him. The car is driving. You're looking behind from the dashboard out. And it, it, it goes on for a little bit. It does. And then, boom, it just runs over. Or, I mean, he's on fire. And he's yeah, out. there's a flaming body right there. It's like, oh, shit. Jeffrey Dean Morgan? No, that's not, no. William Stanton Dean? Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton. Callie's like, the the guy that sold him the car is the cop? No, man. That's <laughs> like, no, this is another creek ball. He's investigating. He even approaches... um. Keith at school, right after the first friend dies, think. And Keith's real shifty about it and tries to get out of there. Yeah, I heard, oh, damn, I heard your car was busted up. That's pretty crazy. It's looking pretty good now. And he's like, oh, you can see where the paint does. That was a good line. You can see where the paint doesn't match. And I can't see it. He's good. Well, tell you what, uh, if you know anything about these murders, uh, let me know. I got to get out of here, old man. And Christine's smoldering at this point. For some reason, it doesn't fix itself. It's just continuously driving down the street, smoldering. I mean, I don't know that it needs to. I don't know if it's in a hurry. Because, I mean, it fixes itself by morning, but... I guess. It rolls flaming you, and steaming. You think it just wanted to not draw attention to itself. Somehow opens up the garage door, and the old man's like, what the fuck? And he sees it drive in, and he grabs a shotgun. Because he's thinking, it's not Keith. 
There's some lunatic in this car. Some lunatic in this car. Touches the door handle, burns his hand. Mm-hmm. Like Home Alone. Uh, at first I thought it was like cold. Yeah, it does like Back like to the Future. Cooled itself down after being really hot. It, yeah, because it's burned, but it's like got a real white quality to it that seems like frost. So he opens up the door and there's nobody in it. A bit fucked up too. A little bit. And he gets in. Why would you get in? For some reason. Because the car has enchanted him. It must be. Puts his gun down. He's like, I'm gonna get in this car. Before this, we we find out that the brother of the old man who owned it. Ran an exhaust hose inside and killed himself. Yeah. And, and the car apparently had already previously killed his daughter and, and wife? I think the wife killed herself in the car, too, after the daughter died. I feel like the daughter choked in the car, too. The car killed the daughter. What we're led to. Hamburgers, probably. Which hot dogs seems like they would make more sense, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. And so now faced with that revelation, nothing really happens. Old man crotchety is in the car and, and, and what, Christine like moves the seat? Yeah, the the radio comes on, and he's like, what the hell? And then Christine starts cranking the seat forward, and he's like, what the hell again? And then it it crushes against the steering wheel. Yeah. And he's got a real silly dying face. Because it's it's concerned he might be like, this car is driving itself? He's a threat somehow to their happiness. Somehow. And so... This good father figure. Keith comes rolling in, and what the hell's going on with the cops? And they're like, boy... The old man's deal. And then they showed the cars in pristine condition. Mm -hmm. Pristine, pristine. Pristine, pristine. He's dead inside. The gun's there. There's no evidence of what happened. We were pretty sure you're involved. And he's just like, you shitters. I have nothing to do with this. And they let him keep the car, right? I mean. Yeah, right. That wouldn't happen. So then we see the jock friend and the girlfriend comes to see him. Because she's concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't think Keith is quite right. And there's murders. And the brother's other friend's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's like a murder in there. Or a suicide. And she's like, does he know? And he's like, I don't think he cares at this point. He's gone. So they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to destroy the car. We're going to save Keith. Well, don't they go in and check out the car and then run away? The f- Yes, the friend sneaks in. And they keep on knocking what you can't come in. The radio plays. And he goes, whoa, and he climbs back out the window. And He's so lucky, because that, that would be the moment in the horror movie where you die. Because that's the same song they're playing when the kids are defacing. It, it's a real uh, Bumblebee moment. You, you know Bumblebee from the Transformers? I don't watch, no, I don't, I don't like The Simpsons. It speaks through its radio, so it chooses. Somehow it's able to channel, like, not just songs, but sound bites from, like, John Wayne movies and shit. So they probably got that from Transformers. Now that I think about it, for Christine. Yeah. So, yeah. So, their plan is, hey, we're going to go in there. We're going to smash this car. And they break in and hotwire one of the... Well, you're, you're forgetting the great part where they carve in Christina's hood. Oh, right. Tonight, Remy's or whatever. Meet me garages. at... Yeah. Because the garage has been closed. Yeah. Because it's a murder scene. So, they... they hotwire that uh, bulldozer? It's not bulldozer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like um, straight out of... Uh, Footloose, um, one of them cat machines. So he, you know, hot wires it and um, positions it. And he's like, hey, you go in the office of the building. And when you hear the car, the caterpillar start, the bulldozer start, close the garage door or something. I don't know. So it's, she's about to terminate yeah, over. So she's making her way over to the office and the lights come on of the car. It's there already. <laughs> yeah. 
under boxes. It's, yeah, yeah, this is where the car is hiding. Yeah. That shit is hilarious. But at this point, Keith is... It's the only time he's in it, yeah, killing people. He must have hid the car, even though... I mean, it's pretty dark. I don't think anybody would even fucking... So, yeah, he's gunning for her. He goes right up to almost run her over. They did carve into the hood, so they must die. They, yeah, so she jumps up, grabs the thing to let the car pass underneath her, but falls and probably gets the wind knocked out of her, which, um, if anybody listening has had that happen, it's quite debilitating <laughs> and frightening. Yeah. It almost, like, plows into her. She's trying to get into the office, so she gets in... And the boy isn't able to start the f- fucking bulldozer for some reason. Oh, wait, no. He does start it. And he goes and, and puts the, the front loader in front of her so the car can't kill her. Yeah. And it's like trying to get around her. It's smashing itself. And then it backs up into the darkness. And it pulls forward. And we see that it's fixed again. And so she runs into the office. And the car smashes into it. And Keith flies out of the windshield. With a giant shard of glass now. And is impaled. Yeah. I don't remember what he says. It's not like... I'm so sorry, or I'm going to kill you. No, he's like, I'm a shitter. (laughs) And he dies. (laughs) He's dead now. Now the car is working independently of him. Yeah, it's like, you know what? No holds barred now, motherfucker. The jock is able to... In it. Pin it. Rolls over the end of it. Drives over it a few times, and it starts fixing itself, and he drives over a little bit more, and it's dead. And eventually it gets cubed. Yeah, they cube it. Discover at the end. And we hear music playing, and we're like, oh no. Oh no, Christine's coming back. Christine too. It's just some guy walking by with a ghetto blaster, as you do in junkyards. And then the movie's over. That's it. And we zoom in on the cube and the metal starts twitching a little bit a little bit scene's gonna put itself back together you aren't impressed by this movie no i mean it's a it's a well-made movie carpenter's no slouch god damn his shots look so good yeah the way these movies are put together is really something i guess i just sort of maybe it isn't necessary but it, it just feels like the movie asks you to fill in a lot about what's going on i feel like more movies should do that yeah maybe Billy Jean probably could have used a little bit of that. We'll get to that later, though. It's a good movie, though. It's a tight movie. It does have that kind of cliffhanger, but it doesn't feel like it's like, hey, come back. And even like the post credit scene was like, I'm joking. They don't do that back then. No. I think actually in the book, I believe that the car is up to it again a bit later. Oh, there's even a, some killings. There's a, there's a, there's a point where, the car is fucked up. The, right after he sees it fucked up, he goes home to have dinner. And the mom and the dad are like, you know what, Keith? We're going to buy you a new car. You know? And he goes, you fucking shitters. Well, that's what everybody wants, isn't it? Oh, fuck you. Nobody wants me to have Christine! I'm out of here! And the dad goes after him, and he fucking grabs the dad by the throat. His dad tried to, tried to big dog him, though. Well, he did, and he got big dogged himself. Mm-hmm. And he was shook. Yeah. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to bed. Yeah, I like how right after you choke your day, like, I'm going to bed. And my members only jack. Uh, that's a good movie, man. It's I think, fine. I think, it, I think it really lays down the track well to get you into the characters. Mm-hmm. I think they keep the horror at bay for so long. I think that that's impressive. When I watched it last... Uh, yeah, because there really is no indication that the car is alive. The radio shit cues you into it and it does try to kill the girl but for the most part it's just a car 
Mm-hmm. And then it's not. Yeah. That was a murder machine. Big time. Man, those killing shots look so good. And the thing is chasing people. And there were no sequels to this or anything, right? Oh, no. Okay. None. I mean, I, I wouldn't think they ever remade it either. It was never a TV movie? Because they were doing like those dumb 90s TV movies. The Stephen King, King ones? Yeah. Man, no. They had cranked on a ton of those on ABC. Langoliers. Yeah, I really Eventually, they, run, they circle back to The Shining. Well, that's I, at some point they become with USA starts. Rebecca De Mornay in The Shining with Stephen Weber. Yeah, is she in that? I think so. That one's bad. Stephen King likes that one more. Sticks to the book. He hates The Shining. Yeah. The movie. Yeah, most of those movies are real bad. Christine's good. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean a lot of that, like again, Carpenter, his cinematography, the score. For the most part, for the most part, I, I'd like pretty much everybody in it. Yeah. You know, it's real. Yeah, does anybody suck? No. Even like Keith Gordon's weird nerd thing in the beginning, which is not his fault. No, and I think that was requisite. You needed that to be in there. So when he's cool, Keith. I got a fact for you. Yeah, you do. Kevin Bacon was up for this part. He was supposed to do the movie, but I think he went and did Footloose instead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's like, this isn't got enough to hit bulldozers in it. Right. I need a little bit more bulldozers. Tractors. But they're bulldozers, right? In the chicken scene? I think they're extracted. Because they're raising the thing. I don't think we know what anything is. We don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Kevin Bacon tidbit's pretty good. That is pretty good. I wonder if there's anything else about this movie I've known. There's probably lots. I have to go to the bathroom. You do that. It's going to be a while. Oh. It's the other one. God. It's You're a real shitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I, I, I like this movie. I thought, I thought it did a good job. It wasn't as effective as it was nine months ago when I watched it. When I watched it nine months ago, I was like, Shit. I mean, you just want to... the man this movie's amazing. You just want to do ratings? Yeah. I mean... And tell them what next week was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't write ratings on this one. I I mean, I know. Go for it. I mean, I would give this movie 8 out of 10, which is kind of crazy, but I give it 8 out of 10. It's a little stupid in parts, but I, I, I think it's pretty powerful if it can hit you in the right mood. Mm-hmm. And I think that Keith, I would give him, like... I'd give him 8 out of 10, too. I mean, uh, this might be one of his best movies. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely his best movie, from what I've seen so far. And of the and we're getting towards what, the end of the run. What little I've seen of... I saw Back to School, you know, um, copious amounts of time, but it, it, it's a Ronnie Dangerfield movie, for the most part. Yeah. Double eights. What do you say? Yeah, man, I, um, I'd probably... <laughs> it's like a burp inside me that burbled out. I didn't do that. Uh, I'd give the movie a 7. And and I would give his performance uh, a seven as well. Okay, a double seven. That's pretty good. Yeah, good job, Keith. Yeah, great job. Yeah, we're proud of you. This movie really utilized him perfectly. Yeah, he's a little bit of a nerd. He's a lot of bit of a creep. Yeah, I loved it. Got some swagger to him. He does. All right. Uh, next week, single bars, single women. Oh God, yeah. TV movie from I think nineteen eighty. It's a TV movie? Yeah. Tony Danza. Was it John Michael Glazer? Like the other guy from Starsky and Hutch? Yeah. Somebody else. Keith Gordon's in there also. Dolly Parton does the theme song. Well, I think it's Dolly Parton wrote the song and then they... She doesn't sing it? Oh, right. I think they're like, okay. hey, let's make a movie. Let's pick it back on now. We have two VHSs coming yeah. for that one. Yep. Guys, uh, I would like to point out, what was that website that I thought that I had found it on? Was it Tubi? I was like, fuck yeah, this one's streaming. We're good to go. And then I go there and they're like, content currently unavailable. I mean, anybody, you just got a place saver for every fucking movie on the planet so that people think you have it? So single bar, single women. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Send us an email? Yeah. Filmfilmographies at gmail.com. Yep. 
Uh, like pictures? <laughs> Instagram. Yep. We do filmographies. Yep. Tweet, tweet. Do Doing, filmography. Do filmographies. So. Rate us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Rate, review, subscribe. Come on, tell your friends. 763-634-1897. All right. I, I've been Jason. I've been Jules. You have a wonderful night. Peace out.